afraid of God? No. I'm afraid of you. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another Sound episode. Sound test. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Yep, we're coming in good. So, just, it's gonna be so, I'm going to have to like pad those out. Guaranteed, we're going to have to apply some limiter to those and then do compression. 100%. So anyways, we're talking about Bioshock Infinite, which is a um, first-person shooter, Call of Duty, like that. Yeah, it's got a lot of squad-based combat, which I appreciate, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For anybody who did not follow um, the Bioshock 1 episode... Mm-hmm. This is canon. It actually is a squad-based shooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The DLC, I think, established that. <laughs> the, the, the full circle. They came back and they're just like, no, no, it was a squad-based shooter the whole time. Yeah. There's like a couple yeah. games that have done like incidental multiplayer, but this isn't one of them. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite oh God. is uh, the third game in the Bioshock franchise. Now coming or, on like or second, if most of you are concerned. <laughs> I, so, I I enjoyed the second game. I, I still like. So the I game. obviously played Bioshock One, mm-hmm. and that's my first experience in the series. And then I heard there was a second one, but everyone said do not play it. Right. So I did not. Didn't listen to me. I might have also been saying don't play it back then though. <laughs> so. I think you said like oh, you can probably skip it. Yeah. So I played Bioshock Infinite next when it came out. Mm-hmm. I was really excited because of how much I enjoyed Bioshock One. Needless uh, to say, at this point, for anybody who follows, I have a Bioshock tattoo. Right. I have like 10 Bioshock art pieces, whether mm-hmm. it be in the form of poster, uh, a little songbird, other shit. Like, I got the stuff. Yeah, you got the hoodie. So, oh, my. I'm going to go grab that. Um, <laughs> while I grab that, I will first say mm-hmm. I was very uh, excited and anxious for this game because... For how much I appreciated the world and lore of Bioshock 1, I expected great things out of the, in my opinion, the canonical sequel yeah, rather mm-hmm. than anything else. It's the next game in a different locale um, where Bioshock 1 took place entirely in Rapture. Um, and I was enraptured in that game. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite uh, takes place in Columbia. Uh, which is not much of a spoiler. Um, we're going to spoil everything. It's been six years. I, I, I guess deal with it longer if you're listening to this podcast in the future. Um, but to basically kick off the infinite experience, uh, you get a quote at the start of the game that essentially says, um, if uh, a man did not have memories, his mind would create them. And then you're into a rowboat, essentially. Two people in the rowboat with you. Uh, they have raincoats on, <laughs> like classical yellow raincoats. <laughs> like they're fishermen's at a, a wharf. Yeah. El Clasico style. They're just like, can we get him to row? And he's like, oh, no, he, he, he doesn't row. He doesn't row. He doesn't row. Oh, I see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't make much sense uh, as, as you're going through, but... These people continue to be weird, essentially, through yes, significant amount of the game. But at this point in the game, um, you start to notice... I'm going to jump ahead briefly. Yeah. Uh, you go to this little lighthouse, mm-hmm. and you kind of go up and explore, and they kind of just drop you off, and you're like, 
okay, cool, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you find, like, a little post-it note on the door of the lighthouse saying, like, bring us the girl, wipe away the debt. This is your last chance. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> so you go into the lighthouse, um, exploring a little bit. You find a dead body. Yeah. Uh, you go up to the top of the lighthouse. You press a couple of levers based on a little cue card mm-hmm. you were given. It's like a key, a sword, and a scroll. Yeah. Yeah. So you press them in the right order, the right number of times, and the whole sky, which is very cloudy, kind of lights up, and you hear like these trumpetous sounds. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? <laughs> but the door opens to the top of the lighthouse. You go in, and you get into this barbershop chair. Yeah. And then you get launched into fucking space. Yeah. Not yeah. actual space, just higher up <laughs> above the clouds. That's the next Bioshock game. In space. <laughs> Pray. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get to it eventually. But at this point, there's already so many fucking parallels to Bioshock 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at the start of Bioshock 1, if I need to remind people. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. You're in a plane, uh, and it crashes, and then you're in the water. And you swim to, oh, a lighthouse, which is the only fucking thing nearby. Yeah. And then you go into the lighthouse, and the lighthouse transports you to another world. Mm-hmm. In the case of Bioshock 1, you take a bathysphere down, and you get this cinematic view of Rapture. Right. Mm-hmm. But in Bioshock Infinite, you get launched into the heavens and get this very cinematic view of Columbia. Columbia. The personification Not of Mexico, the United States. Not Mexico. Columbia. Hey, Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> And if you were confused that that it may be Mexico, they'll clear that up like very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so the other obvious um, juxtaposition or just point of contrast is in Rapture, everything is kind of beaten down and disheveled. Mm-hmm. As soon as like you land, you're attacked by a splicer. Yep. The lights don't work. It's flooding everywhere. It's a very dark, dim, desolate feel. Mm-hmm. The 3Ds. You... Hmm? 3Ds. Dark, Dim, dark and, and desolate. And, yeah. <laughs> I like it. We'll coin that for later. Um, it's a three D shooter. <laughs> so, but in Colombia, um, as soon as like you land, like there are people. Everything's very brightly lit mm-hmm. and very ornate and lush. And I point out to Jake, there's a surprising amount of hummingbirds. Yeah. To give you that everything. This is the ideal world. Everything is perfect and peaceful. Yes. And mm-hmm. all the people you see are, like, happy, and they don't have any deformities yes, or issues. Like, they're just nice people. No obvious mutations on yeah. the, the first people you encounter. And um, so you're playing as the protagonist, Booker DeWitt. And Booker has his own um, his own personality that kind of comes through more than the protagonist in Bioshock 1 did. Well, you actually, like, talk yes. and <laughs> do things. Yeah. Yes. So I'm... So I'm correct. <laughs> You're definitely correct. Um, but uh, he like asks a guy a question. I, I can't remember the exact question for the first um, person you run into, but he's basically like, hey, what's going on here? The guy responds, and then Booker realizes, like, oh, I best not ask questions like that if I don't want to be made. And then they will use terminology like that through the rest of the game, like uh, period phrases, things like yeah. that, uh, which I actually appreciate. It helps place it for me because uh, they're just phrases you don't hear in yeah i like the, the turn of the century turn phrase yeah exactly i always have a basically from bioshock one like a nice little not nostalgia but i appreciate 
some like 1930s shit like the golden age of radio yeah mm-hmm. and some of those mannerisms and the style listening to cool atlas and, and like his yeah his voice style and things and i wouldn't it, want to live at that time because of you know the blatant racism and other problems <laughs> which we'll get into <laughs> speaking of yeah so uh first first place you like to stint to send some stairs um i believe there's an opportunity to pick up pick up a voxophone either here or soon which is just the game's um, audio recordings. Um, and then there's the baptism. The, the recording may be after the ba- baptism. Yeah. Um, but it's a large uh, hall, uh, like semi-flooded, I guess. People are walking through water um, towards the center where there's a, a congregation around this priest. And he um, he is calling forth, you know, new... new uh, I don't know if converts is the right word, but people to, to be baptized. Yeah. Um, he also makes a point of saying, like, he knows that you're an outsider. Yes. And mm-hmm. that you're from the world below. Yeah. So that means that this place is obviously separate from standard, um, let's say, 500 elevation earth that you're <laughs> yeah, used to. Yeah. It's like two, it's 20,000 or 25,000 feet up. Yeah. But, like, they know of the existence of the world below, and they accept mm-hmm. people from the world below. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they essentially do baptize them and convert them into the world of Columbia mm-hmm. and their beliefs and thoughts, etc. Yeah. And Booker's not too excited about the baptism, but he goes through with it so he can keep keep his cover, basically, yeah. so he can find the girl in my play the debt. And um, he doesn't even, I don't think he knows what that means at that point. <laughs> He's just kind of like... This is what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 his job. That's his contract. He's got debt. There's a girl. If he brings the girl to somebody, the debt will be wiped away. There you go. <laughs> Booker motivation. Um, and the priest uh, submerges Booker and uh, baptizes him in the name of the prophet, the founders, and the Lord. And uh, Booker comes back up and the priest is like, I don't know, fellow congregation. Uh it seems like he's still a bit dirty to me and like plunges him back underwater and more or less drowns him like almost drowns him yeah that's just kind of like the church being an asshole yeah I the, guess. the the, the you're the not, tie there you're not really meant to like the priest and uh booker comments on it once he wakes up there's like statues of the founders like Ben Franklin, I think, holding out like a key or a scroll. Scroll, yeah. And then George like, Washington's one. Yeah, and he, I think, he had the sword. And then there's one with um, <laughs> the other one. We don't care. About. Yeah, yeah, one of the Jeffersons. I don't know. <laughs> but, it definitely was not a blink. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. No, this place does not like a blink. <laughs> For reason. Back to the racism. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't want to do a full talk through. Just yeah, I don't think we, we don't need time, to describe all of it, but. but. After you have your baptism, you get to explore the world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of going across like these floating platforms in this floating city. And they'll kind of like separate and then like reconnect. Yeah. It's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go into this fair, which the is raffle, your... Right? Yeah. Which is like the whole tutorial level. Mm-hmm. Because you can get like a, a little prop gun and practice using it to uh, shoot targets that are going by. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you got to kill these people. They're the enemies of the state. Arr. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you start to see these very early influences of propaganda and other things to mm-hmm. try and like kind of massage over that mentality of like, these are us. 
those are them. Yeah. We don't like them. Mm-hmm. But it's like people who are like bandits, and you're like, okay, I get that. Yeah. And then you get a chance to work with um, one of the vigors mm-hmm. yep. instead of which are the equivalent of plasmids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's temporary too. The first time you use it for one of the mini games, Bronco. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the mini game is uh, like you have to hit the devil <laughs> yeah. and he'll like hide behind furniture and stuff. And it's actually a guy. It is a it's guy. A, it's a guy and who's just in like a really bulky costume <laughs> and he's hiding behind like uh, some very antique furniture. Be like, I see you right there, man. Like, <laughs> and then there was a, uh, a cardboard cutout of a woman and a baby. And so you're like, just going back and, and forth baby. across. Yeah. That's just classic games. Really. We all grew up with those. Um, but yeah, you can, uh, I think you got like a little currency or something if you complete all of the, um, yeah. So I did the gun challenge and I have, I've beaten it in the past, Yeah. but the highest you know. score you can get is 20 mm-hmm. and then you get like a purse of money and I got 19 and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to go back and actually get the 20. It didn't matter that much. Yeah. Um, it's not necessary, it's but I still felt bad that I, that I goofed, you know? Yeah. But then you get, uh, you get possession which is what does possession good. do jacob for po- the possession uh allows you to progress through the rest of the game <laughs> because there's a gate that's locked until you use possession um but uh possession is just uh in bioshock one you had to like hack robots um or use a special plasmid i think you got from being friendly with the little sisters like helping them out to um control yeah. robots um possession is the same deal just control robots there's no hacking minigame well, it's Infinite. not just robots yeah well, it's just it's control target yeah that's right mm-hmm. yes i know there's an upgrade for it later um that uh, allows you to do a little bit more with it i'm trying to remember exactly what the upgrade was it doesn't really matter uh robots and then eventually people um and uh, the special effect is the people, if they're not like special enemies, like really strong, uh, they'll kill themselves once it runs out. <laughs> That's yeah. like your, their final act they, of They control. basically like are under your control and they'll fight alongside you. But when they come out of the spell, they're like, oh my God, I killed, mm-hmm. I killed Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> like he's been my best friend. I've been working alongside him for years. We've gone through a lot of scrapes. Yeah. And if they, it depends on the weapon they have. If they have mm-hmm. a gun, they'll shoot themselves. But some of them just have like, police batons mm-hmm. and they will just beat their fucking skull in oh geez i didn't see that yeah yeah i, I saw that the, it's not crazy graphic but it's this it's game, enough to like drive it home they're like i made this person do this and this game is pretty graphic like the um melee attacks can be pretty visceral i saw that the the grenade launcher guy would actually like point it down at his feet and just blow himself <laughs> up <laughs> it's kind of funny as long as you know you don't think of them as people it's yeah it's comical you're like <laughs> oh they're npcs it's cool yeah um but, but yeah. i do like the first time you use possession on the robot who's like you need a ticket to get in here mm-hmm. and it's like you need a ticket see you later and he's yeah. kind of like very jo- jolly yeah. and jovial you can't see what i'm doing with my arms so i'm kind of yeah he's swinging I them it. i guess yeah oh um it's a hoe down but then you use possession on him he's like Oh my god, it's you. How did I not even realize? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Please, right this way. Yeah. And then you uh you get into the the raffle proper and you can hear people talking about it beforehand. Um people are all excited for this raffle to start. 
Uh, and what was funny was when I played through, the um, the guy running the raffle was actually like, now hold on, folks. First, let's listen to some music or whatever. And um, so the music starts up. But I'm just like full on sprinting through this because I'm yeah. going for completion, you know, get notes and stuff for the podcast. And I've already done this. So he's like, and let the music start. And then I run into the area and he's like, music's done. Time to run this raffle. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Just cut it off a little bit. You missed the whole big band, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, there's there is a part where they block it. Like you talked about the platforms locking. There's. Are you talking about the parade that goes through? No, I just meant like the music in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then uh, before you actually show up to the raffle, um, those twins uh, show up and they're like, "Hey, uh, heads or tails?" And you're like, "Ah, uh, doesn't matter. You can choose heads or tails, or you don't choose heads or tails." Actually, what's funny is we talked about this a couple of years ago, and I misremembered this again. <laughs> um, you're, you're consistent, Jacob. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, tally marks for tails, and uh, there's tally marks for heads, and there's no heads so far. Yeah. And there's like 122 tails. Yeah. The the one person, the guy is like wearing the uh, like those sandwich boards. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a chalk sandwich board. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see all these marks for tails, and you flip it, and you get tails again. And then, like, they turn and walk away, and there's like, see, I told you. But on the back, it's even more tallies for tails. Yeah. It it's just... never once been heads. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really mean anything at this point. And we will continue to keep you in the dark if this is your first time hearing about Bioshock <laughs> Infinite uh-huh. for a good 30 minutes. Yeah. I, um, I did give him the spoiler warning while you were out of the room. I know oh, you don't God. like those, so... Um, <laughs> So, disclaimer, a lot of the games that we cover, um, I usually will suggest, hey, if it sounds cool, mm-hmm. fucking check out the game first. Yeah. Um, because like we want to talk about the parts that we were excited about, a lot of which will be spoiler material. Right. And I don't want to take away from your experience by saying, here's all the cool things that happened, versus you actually getting to live it out and experience it yourself. Yeah. Um. We also tell people when it's spoiler-free more than the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And for older games, it's like, who cares? Free game. Free I feel game. like, in general, this podcast should not be like, oh, I'm discovering about a new game. Yeah. Uh-huh. It should be more so like, I played that game. Let me hear your thoughts about it. Fuck yeah. I was right there with you, man. <laughs> Thought the exact same thing. Felt the same thing. So that Sekiro episode we immediately came out with. <laughs> it's fine. It's about fine. That. Uh, so uh, they're basically like, um, don't pick number 77 is is this this note you get this takeaway mm-hmm. telegram that's what you get don't pick 77 show up to the raffle there's the guy um there's a woman with a basket full of baseballs and she's like you know take one and pick a number and he reaches in booker reaches in grabs one it's a baseball with 77 on it he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> and she's like that's a lucky number <laughs> Mr. two sevens <laughs> yeah a whole two sevens in 1912 <laughs> and um so the the guy there it doesn't matter at this point but it's jeremiah fink oh really yeah i didn't realize the announcer was fink who's a character who you see more of later on in the game mm-hmm. um and he's like hey th- everybody thanks for coming out to the raffle um and a, a girl comes over with like the raffle basket of tickets to pick from he's like everyone welcome like the, the isn't she the most beautiful 
white woman white woman but, you've seen yeah i'm like it's weird well, to qualify the white, white party yeah i know can she a little say bit like, little to be weird. fair everybody you've seen at this point at the fair has pretty, been white pretty much white yeah which to be fair anytime i play a game i'm not thinking oh i'm expecting like diversity i'm just like oh they're npcs they're too lazy to model multiple yeah, characters exactly. or whatever yeah i'm just in my analytical game sense i'm like this is part of the game cool yeah mm. um but then he says it <laughs> yeah and then you're like mm. Mm. and then your number gets picked and you're like oh cool and he's like you get the first throw and you're right. like huh yeah <laughs> and then uh, they unveil the curtain and this little set piece opens up yeah it's jungle like traditional racist style uh like south africa depiction essentially yeah, where the the black people kind of look like monkeys and have like bones to their nose and yeah. stuff like that. The Disney part, Disney yeah, doesn't want to tell you about. It's old school Disney, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and in the center, kind of like tied to a stick, mm-hmm. is an interracial couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who I guess got caught and are going to be pummeled to death by baseballs. Yeah. So uh... that's when you, that's the first time you know like this world is surprisingly ideal. Oh. Yeah. And there is a pause. There's a pause, like, so before Booker gets the opportunity to do anything, um, where he kind of, like, hesitates, because uh, Booker's character doesn't seem to be blatantly racist, like, in this no, way. No, he's just he's, there for his job, basically. Right. He's not He's not malicious, or he hasn't bought into the Kool-Aid of this, this place. And I remember Fink actually says at this point, he's like, what's the matter, son? Are you taking your coffee black these days? Oh, and yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> uh. But it was like a light ribbing. Like, yes. no one would actually do this. Right. But it's kind of like when you make those comments of like, uh, what are you going to do? Hit me with your purse? When you're talking to a guy and like, uh, hey, quit being such a lady. Right. And yes. it's like that same type of tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he he doesn't mean it as an actual accusation at this point. No. And the game actually gives you a choice. So you can either choose to maintain your cover by throwing the baseball at them, uh, or you can choose to throw it at Fink. <laughs> and this is kind of a fake choice to a certain extent. It does have slight repercussions later, but um, I think almost all of us, until we do our experimental run, choose to like throw it at Fink, right? Um, and somebody grabs your hand at that point. Because they've noticed something about Booker um, that uh, is weird. Yeah. Um, there were some pamphlets earlier, or like some posters of, you will know the... Uh, false prophet. The false prophet. Or by, false shepherd. That's what it was. False shepherd by uh, the mark on his hand. Yeah. Which are like the, the carved letters A-D. Mm-hmm. And that's what's on your fucking hand. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a cop essentially spots it and is like what's that about (laughs) so everyone kind of like panics and the cops grab you and you steal this thing from the cop Mm -hmm. and uh how would you describe uh this uh rip and tear (laughs) yeah not wrong (laughs) but it's like kind of a a grappling hook yeah it's slash gun slash holster that slaps onto your arm yeah it's kind of like a hand claw that that spins um and yeah it's your melee weapon for this game yeah um but essentially they come at you but you turn against them and you put the guy's face in it yeah and then you start killing cops for a while 
it's never too long. I enjoy <laughs> killing racist cops. Right. <laughs> we've reached. We've somehow entered a different area of inappropriateness <laughs> than I thought we were going to go with the podcast. But uh, but yeah, you have to escape. Basically, there's a escape sequence that's kind of more you just killing waves and waves of police um, as you make your way through the areas um, and kind of finally break free. But the, at this point, all of Colombia is looking for you. Like the alert has gone out. The false shepherd is here. Yeah. Um, and you don't know what that means, but you know that people are not keen on you. Yeah. So you murder. <laughs> You're like, maybe I shouldn't have carved AD into my hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you then go through like a couple different uh, sequences, a bunch of different fights. There's some uh, people who um, choose to, or uh, they, they'll actually try to hide you from the police um, for whatever reason. When you go through their home, they're just like, Hey, you know, just just get out of here. You yeah. know, we'll cover for you. Um, and the game does a weird thing uh, that I don't see a whole lot of games do, and it lets you kill innocent people. Oh um, yeah, like it doesn't discriminate when you're using your like area of effect abilities. If you go to melee, you will auto auto target whoever's like really close to the reticule, so you can hit innocent people. Um, <laughs> like there's one point where uh, you go into a house and there's a woman police officer. She's giving a description of you. This is the exact scenario I was in. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you can just sneak by. Like, they don't see you initially. You can just make boop, 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 boop. Out of there. Run up, fight the cop, leave. You could kill them both. It's like... I chose the third option <laughs> because the cop was evil and the woman was being a snitch. <laughs> right. Booker wouldn't stand for that, if we know anything about Booker. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, continues like this for a bit um until you end up at, at monument island and yes. before we jump to that i also want to say this grappling hook hand oh yeah that you have <laughs> um changes the gameplay a lot from bioshock one because there are different points on the map yeah. level mm -hmm. area where you can essentially jump and hook to it automatically so this might just be like fixed points above which that you can like jump down and attack people or in a little bit you can jump on rails and kind of like glide along them yeah. to like mm -hmm. reposition. So it ends up opening the area a lot more as far as verticality and other things. So it's not just, I can go down this hallway to my left, this hallway to my right. And everything's kind of angular or corridors in Rapture for obvious reasons. Yeah. Because it's under the fucking water. Um, if you think about the, uh, the like Sonic adventure grinding rails that just go everywhere it's kind of like that smaller rail but you can hook to it huh. and go along it i've never heard anybody compare bioshock infinite <laughs> to sonic adventure yeah we're we're, but I understand we're about what the you're first saying. yeah um it's it's really great and the magneticness to like being able to jump to the rails is very forgiving you can kind of just leap 20 feet into the air or if you're falling you can you can like, just look at it, it and you're like, like oh. space bar <laughs> get me right over there Fucking magnets how do they work and then on top of that if you jump off of them you can do uh like diving attacks where you yes. just like you just like shoot through the air and hit them with the the claw essentially like as you land and it will kill basic enemies yeah just outright because you just targets them and then as you're doing the jump thing they don't move. Mm -hmm. They're stuck in this oh god no. hands kind of blocking their face and chest animation and they're yeah. just dead. Yeah. One hit kill. It also like has crazy range. You go like full Super Saiyan on your way there based off of your forward momentum. 
you'll like accelerate so you could be like slow and then do the drop thing and you just zoop right at the guy <laughs> um, and also when you jump off the rails you cannot take falling damage if you choose to yes. jump to a surface so usually you take damage if you fall too far but um he temporarily borrows chell's like long fall boots <laughs> if you jump off of a rail it's okay it's reinforced it won't shatter your legs yeah <laughs> so another cool thing about this game before we get back to your story yeah um who cares about the story of bioshock infinite <laughs> that's not what i actually really do like i i have some gripes with it looking back analytically mm-hmm. but i still fucking love the game so much um but throughout the game you can get these upgrades yeah. to different Obviously, you can upgrade your weapons and vigors, mm-hmm. but you can also have different gear. There's like a headpiece, chest piece, leg piece, arm piece. Hats. Yeah. But like each one will have like a specific effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some that are built around like you get bonuses from going on or off rails. Yeah. So there's one like if you jump off a rail, you get a movement speed buff for five seconds. If you jump onto a rail, it reloads your gun. Yeah. And you do all these things. You're just jumping on and off and like murdering people. Yeah, I remember there was one that gives you like uh, a couple seconds of invulnerability when you jump off of rails. So you're just like, yep. initiation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> right back. Let's go again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It makes that viable, which is kind of funny. But I like that it gives you the option to have a little bit of a different play style. Yeah. And the shooting feels pretty clean in, in Bioshock. I didn't really shoot from the rails too much because that sounds difficult. It's really hard. Um, but when you're on the ground for the most part, it's not too hard to like line up headshots and the yeah. guns feel pretty strong and yeah, they're very similar to previous entries guns overall. Um, but Monument Island. Yeah. Monument Island. Take the rails long enough. You'll end up there and, uh, it's an interesting facility. Um, the, the most telling uh, aspects of it for me were there's these giant like music, um speakers essentially like yeah. like giant audio speakers and there's visible like waves being pulled into them uh later you realize or you find it's uh, called a siphon mm-hmm. um and then as you make your way through room and room and room clearing out enemies or whatever um uh there's quarantine signs and the first one's like something like oh this is a 24-hour quarantine yeah if you go beyond this point you're gonna need to be locked down for a whole day yeah and then it's just like oh it's like a 40-hour quarantine or whatever and then eventually it's like three days of quarantine uh, at the innermost parts. Or indefinite. Or what was it? What was the last one? I feel like the last one was like 130-day quarantine. Yeah. it's It was ridiculously high. It's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, this, is where, this is where Elizabeth is being held and observed. The specimen. Yeah. And we don't know anything about her at this point. We just know that she's the girl. The girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you kind of like go in and observe her because the whole place is set up to be an observatory Yeah. to see what she's up to and see how she quotes progresses, Yeah. but also to keep her locked in and not let her know that she's locked in. It's got like two way glass essentially like for all of the rooms that, uh, two way, uh, one way. There you go. (laughs) Three way glass. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We gotta figure out a setup where I can do high five. I gotta use like... my I gotta use my right hand. That's that's basically the strategy. Right. There we go. It's gonna be time. It was, it's the still trigger. the whitest of high fives. Yeah, but I love them. It's it's a, a impotent like impotent is that would be the word high five, without impact, impactless. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Elizabeth, <laughs> um, is kind of going about being her jolly self. 
you get see um, through some of the windows that she's essentially a master code breaker at this point. Yeah. And one of the codes is just like uh, that she broke was like, it looks very complicated and it's like, congratulations, you've like discovered the codes and, and then she just stops. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's a meaningless message. It's kind of uh, like in um, the Christmas story. Uh-huh. The the decoder for um, <laughs> yep. what was it Nesquik? Uh, Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Yep, yeah, it's yep. like buy more Ovaltine. <laughs> the guy's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much that. Um, but but yeah, yeah, she's been trapped in there, so she discovers these hobbies and just throws herself into books. So yeah. she knows how to break code. She knows how to lockpick and do other stuff. Mm-hmm. She just ha- she's just this wealth of information because. This is her world, and she has books, and but by golly, she's gonna fucking read them all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but eventually, you break in, you fall in, I guess, through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, hold up, I'm gonna hit you with a book, throw a bunch of books at you, and he's just tries to get her to calm down, but they are beset by the bird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, by your hoodie, <laughs> I would put it on, but it's too warm. Yeah, I was gonna say. Just imagine it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Whatever it looks awesome <laughs> to you, that's what it said it looks like. I can maybe post a picture later, but if you, I don't know, it's it's on Amazon shit. Mm. Referral link. This is how we make those <laughs> podcast bucks. Front front of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> so, anywho, um. She's essentially dealing with this stranger fucking fell through the ceiling mm-hmm. who she sees as a threat. Right. But then she hears a noise and her mood immediately shifts. Yeah. She's not like, who the fuck are you as much as like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, because it's Songbird mm-hmm. and we don't know what that means yet. But she's like, he's coming. We gotta, like, you can't be here yeah. type yeah. thing. You gotta zippity zoop. So you start booking it out of the facility. Speaking of booking it, Booker has the key out. This is the interesting thing. This was in his welcome kit that he received on the boat. He actually has oh, the key yeah. that he gives to Elizabeth. Because there's a door that presumably leads out with like this lock on it. And she's just like, what is that? As he hands her the key. Opens the door and they can leave. Yeah. So that's oddly convenient how yeah. he was given a thing before being launched in the sky it's like the twins set him up with exactly this, exactly what he this needs exact thing yeah suspicious and that's how god works as well <laughs> right in mysterious ways he never gives you more than you can handle um <laughs> never see it coming <laughs> um so you book it out of there and you essentially keep going up to the top of the tower yeah uh you actually get to see these snippets of songbird mm-hmm. in that they're giant fucking claw marks in what was like very thick steel mm-hmm. and other things. You hear big ass bird noises and you see shadows being just yeah, just going across your field of view. And you're like, what the actual fuck? It's a giant steampunk bird. That is entirely accurate. <laughs> and Songbird's goal is essentially to keep Elizabeth there and be like the guardian mm-hmm. guardian <laughs> guardian <laughs> he's surprisingly effective because he's gigantic yes he's uh, like and he does three stories he doesn't have like ancillary goals it's all 
<laughs> keep uh what was the uh ah crap can't remember the I, this would have been a great is this quote. from heroes it's from uh rick and morty keep uh whoever safe the, keep summer safe keep summer safe it's exactly oh, the... keep summer safe <laughs> yeah what was it like the the sh- the ship the ship yeah it was the safe, ship yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was not worth the aside. But anyway, Songbird <laughs> will just like destroy anything in his way yeah. in order to get to uh, Elizabeth, including you. Um, so you die, obviously. No, no. So uh, it crashes through. You both are falling through the air. And um, Booker plunges into water, which is interesting, given you know, he's 25,000 feet up, and blacks out. Uh, wakes up, and um, Elizabeth is like doing chest compressions to revive him. And you had fallen into Battleship Bay, which is a really cool idea. Yeah, because again, floating fucking city. Um, there's not an ocean, but um, this specific little set of quotes land yeah. uh, was set up to pump water to essentially facilitate a fake ocean. Yeah. And once you start to get collected and get your shorts about you you look around and you see like a 1920s fucking beach yeah. everybody's in like full ass pajamas <laughs> this in, the, in the beating sun mm. and they have like these lawn chairs and people are just chilling at the fucking beach mm-hmm. i was uh, i didn't listen to most of what they say they have a lot of like little conversations you can listen on and on but when you're like running past there's there's a woman who's just sitting there like on a towel or whatever yeah and she's just like 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 my sir i am without escort or whatever i was just like is this how people came on to you in like 1912 <laughs> she's like why don't you saddle up to me and we'll get some ca- caramel corn <laughs> but yeah uh booker's looking for elizabeth at this point because he was she was like hey i'll i'll like i'm gonna go find somebody to help <laughs> and then leaves him unconscious until he wakes up then when you find her she's off dancing <laughs> doing uh the the uh i don't know what you'd call that i don't know how dancing works to be honest it's like a jig yeah yeah like a jig these people don't care it's, <laughs> it's some sort of dance and it's uh it's, it's a simple dance i don't know and she doesn't pay attention to you to booker when he's like hey let's get out of here you know it's time to go um so he's like let's get you to paris um, yeah and that gets her attention because she really wants to go to paris and we know this because when we're going through the facility, um, you see all these things and you see that she has like a million fucking Paris posters. Yeah. Because she's living vicariously through books and stories and things that she's accrued just through information and nothing else. Vicariously. Because, God, fuck, that was so good. <laughs> Another white high five. There we'll we count go. it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I got... Flex, I'm, flex. I'm just, I, We're done. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, and and uh, you go to leave, and the Lutois twins show back up, and they're like, "Hey, pick a necklace. You can pick bird, or you can pick a cage. And you're free to pick the cage, but that's weird. You know, a little bit. It's a little bit weird. Who really picks a cage over a bird? You know. Mm. So you pick the bird, like a normal person, um, and then she she wears it as a, a brooch, basically, like. Um, and it has very little impact on the rest of the game. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Jake. <laughs> so yeah, um, God, for the sake of time. 
Yes. So a lot of the game... <laughs> We're, this is a two-hour episode, Dave. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Don't worry Ooh. about it. <laughs> I'm going to cut in the middle. It'll just be like, and now for intermission. And then we'll publish that po- as a podcast. Then we'll come back and have the second <laughs> half. <laughs> it's long intermission, guys. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the game is um, going through stuff with Elizabeth. Because your goal is to take her back to New York for whoever hmm. wants this girl see your debt can be wiped away right you don't know if their intentions are nefarious or what you're Mm -hmm. just doing a job basically right um so initially you manipulate her with the intention or the the guise of saying hey we're going to paris yeah so you can have her be compliant and not fight you because again you are still a stranger to this person yes Mm -hmm. she does not really have reason to trust you outside of you you got her out of the, (laughs) the thing yeah so you're kind of a friend of circumstance, but you're going through the game, um, and she thankfully, one of the most important tools that ever come up, came up in a game was uh, if combat situations, situations break out, you mm-hmm. do not have to protect Elizabeth. Yes, the it's game not tells an escort you. mission yeah. like in fucking Fable. <laughs> I'm not going to that whole cave cave troll bullshit again. <laughs> but she can't die, and she will like stay out of the way, mm-hmm. and she's good. But she will also be like, oh, hey, did you shoot a bullet? Do you want some ammo? Th- fucking throws ammo at you, right? Yeah. Um, what, is your mana low? Your salts? Here you go. Yeah. It's like I'll, go, like I'll walk by a vending machine, mm-hmm. like the vending robots. You're like, side question, do you like them better or less than the, in Bioshock 1? The Circus of Values. They're voiced by the same guy. Really? So, like, I think they're probably pretty equal. <laughs> they're very... They serve the same role. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I could rate them. I, I just like that uh, little shopkeeper with personality in any game. Yeah. Ammo Bandito. I had more oh my personality God. in one here. I would say that. Definitely. For this one, it's like Dollar Bill and some other ones, but... Um, Vinny, Vinny Vigor? I yeah, think yeah. One. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, but, you you walk next to her and she's like, "How would you like money?" And we'll throw a coin at you, which magically duplicates on the uh, the currency in the corner to like forty bucks. Or yeah. <laughs> so you're always kind of like supplied throughout stuff with Elizabeth, which is really convenient because mm-hmm. I get myself in bad situations all the time, um, and I'll still scrounge around for oranges, cigarettes, money, wherever yeah. I can find it. The necessity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it it almost feels moot in the point where, like, Elizabeth will stock you up every so often. Mm -hmm. It's a moot point. (laughs) We're back to friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't know you actually knew that as a reference, but that's a good joke. Yeah. Um, That's classic. But she she pulls a lot of those resources out of of thin air, so to speak, because she can open tears in the world. Is that how that's justified? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Of that or she's just like hyper scrounger and she she I, I sees she things you can't see found things she she has like a quantum inventory i don't know i don't know all right that's a separate thing we gotta talk about we get a developer call in developer tell us how it's implemented in the back give us the lore justification for how she finds all this crap because i know she does generate she does generate weapons that didn't previously exist because if you're running low on like a carbine she'll be like Here's the trigger. Has my cooldown expired since I gave you an item? If so, throw you a carbine. Yes. Yeah. 
Because she throws you, like, she'll throw you copies of relatively rare weapons, if that's what you're using when you run low on ammo. She's just like, ah, the BFG 9000. Like, Here's <laughs> another one. <laughs> Booker, catch. <laughs> throw. <laughs> if only Doom had that. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's the BFG. <laughs> oh, man. No, she's uh, super useful in that regard as far as supplying throughout mm. combat and other skirmishes. But it... It reduces the difficulty. It does, yeah. but it builds a dependence in a way. Yes. Which I think is good as far as like it makes you more invested in the character dynamic. Yeah. Because like Booker's looking out for her because that's essentially she's his meal ticket. Right. Um, but like the relationship dynamic changes as they go through like more struggles. Yeah. They help each other out. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And from a like meta gameplay perspective, that's a powerful effect if you want people to like a character make that character useful to you in just the mechanics of the game itself why do you think i love the dog so much in mgs5 <laughs> it fucking knifed people <laughs> this was the whole point with, with quiet was to try to get people to like quiet it's like you don't even need to play the game now that's true she would quiet. just wipe everybody <laughs> quiet <laughs> that's two kills <laughs> but i digress uh yeah she helps you out tremendously you don't have to worry about her and um she makes the game considerably easier. She supports all play styles because she'll give you whatever resources you're running low on, um, <laughs> including money. <laughs> she supports the capitalist play style. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really useful. I will say, as a minor aside, um, she only provides you resources like that other than money if you're in combat. So there was a time, like, you use it, your, your vigor, right? You, like, throw flames through your hands or yeah. you throw somebody off a ledge or whatever. Um, and you go low on salts, which is your mana essentially. And it's like, she's like, Oh, it looks like you're low on salts. I'll throw you some if you accept this prompt. But I just killed a guy who's like, or he's about to die. Combat just ended. And she's like, On second thought, put the salts away, like in her pocket. She you won't throw them to you if combat's you done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh, a very yeah. minor aside. But um, long story short, uh, you reach the uh, aerodrome, the First Lady's aerodrome, uh, which is capable of actually separating off, leaving this cloud city. Yeah, it's like a very small... Zeppelin, basically. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Zeppelin's the best way to perfectly describe that. <laughs> it's a Zeppelin. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a little blip. <laughs> it's like a Zeppelin. 100% like a Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, and Booker's like, all right, let's go to Paris. And he's like turning these, these knobs yeah. and changing the bearing and she's just like what are you doing because <laughs> uh, again she's a she's a smart lady and she knows from reading her various books on geography and maps that you've actually put in the coordinates for new york and not paris and she's like i don't necessarily trust this person so much <laughs> yeah so naturally as one is wont to do she like breaks into tears she's just crying there like compromised emotional state you're just like jeez oh, this crap again right as booker um everybody's like this and then booker like goes to console her and she hits him in the head with a wrench <laughs> she played us <laughs> like a damn fiddle <laughs> we're back we're back to mgs5 um but yeah so what I really like about this game, and I'd love to just go through like the six hours of dialogue I've had built up in my head for years. Yeah. Um, but you really get to see them grow both as characters throughout the game. 
I like that this segue is coming off of her hitting you in the head with a wrench. No, seriously, because (laughs) she starts off as this innocent person who has their whole world in this one bubble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of get thrown out of it and they're like, wow, the world is such a crazy, awesome place. I didn't know so many of these things existed. Yeah. Like she gets to see like dancing and music in real life in real time. She's like, holy shit. Yeah. Her words, not mine. Um, (laughs) So it's just this whole bit of discovery but then, oh. very shortly after, as you are Booker DeWitt, you kill some people who try and grab yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you just fucking murdered people. Yeah. You straight up, those people are gone. Yeah. And you're like, I do this all the time. Yeah. And like, she's like, I've got a 400 kill. kill <laughs> I have over 900 confirmed kills. You in, thought that was bad. And Columbia already. <laughs> yeah. So. At least these ones were police. And she's just like, hold, hold up. What? <laughs> but like, you see her like slowly accept like this is a very unfortunate thing but i essentially need this guy to kill people yeah so i can escape Mm -hmm. so you get to see her mannerisms change over time and how her mind works and thinks based on the situation that they're put in yeah and then booker dewitt as well becomes more empathetic a little more human um but he's also still filled with like a lot of regret for everything that happened before he even got to Columbia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you learn more about throughout the game. Exactly. And we didn't even fucking talk about Comstock. Right. So he's a guy. <laughs> Main character. He's the... Um, he's the prophet. He is the prophet. He's the one leading this, uh, this whole endeavor. Everybody in the sky. Everyone in Columbia. Uh, the founder of their religion, basically. He's revered as a literally holy religious yeah. figure. Uh, him and his wife, the first lady, um, they have, like, in some of their portrayals, they have the traditional Catholic halo uh, behind their heads. So you know. Like, you know they're they're yeah. full they're, and cool. They're deified. But, yeah. Um, that's a great word for it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he's uh, trying to keep Elizabeth imprisoned here uh subjected to the siphon um and he's the one who set this alarm this this um this word out about the false shepherd that would come to take her he knew all of this was going to happen Um, and booker doesn't understand exactly why the only rationalization he can come up with is that the people who sent him set him up set him up yeah um but he doesn't understand why that makes any sense like he's just an old pinkerton detective you know why is he important enough yeah, for any of this? He's just essentially a, a gun for hire, a muscle man. Yeah. Kind of thrown into the situation. Um, but Comstock is the Bioshock equivalent of Andrew Ryan, where you first initially just see his face on like a screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first time you really interact with him is... You're going around doing all your murder stuff as Booker DeWitt. Right, standard murder. And then you get down. There's like this whole bunch of dudes, like 10 dudes. I'm like, I can easily just squad kill them. I, right, I, I can take power. 10 dudes. That's no problem. I got the power. <laughs> and you jump down and you hear this booming kind of echoey voice go like, stand down. Oh, and yeah. all the guys who were like there with their guns and helmets and shit just kind of like go down, kneel, and go in like the full prayer pose. Yep. Now you can kill everybody's praying super fun by the way right Mm -hmm. um but everyone stops fighting yeah they won't fight back you kind of like walk in and you have like this little mini elevator thing 
but there's this giant screen of Comstock's face. Yeah. And he's speaking to you as the prophet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, false shepherd, you can't, you can't come in here and fuck this shit up. <laughs> yes. Verbatim. Surprised <laughs> <laughs> you remember all that. <laughs> yeah. He, he says like, uh, the, these men are willing to, to die right now because they know that their eternity is assured. Yeah. Like they've seen prophecy. Uh, they trusted me completely. Um, it's a very powerful moment. Like these people are willing to just throw their lives away um, because Comstock tells them to. This is a theme that largely continues through <laughs> most yeah. of the series. The, the Columbia likes Comstock as it turns out. And also Columbia does not like any other race of people who are not white. No. I remember a, a key thing that I had to take a, a steam screenshot of. Ooh. Had to press the old F12 on. Uh, before you get to the the cult of ravens, yeah, or whatever the hell that is, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a statue of like this George Washington esque person, kind of like fending off this sna- multi headed snake. And you're yeah. like, what? As you go in closer, you see very racist depictions of a Jewish guy. Comstock fights the serpent of nations. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Hasidic curls, very like beak like nose. Right. <laughs> um, the traditional. There's also like depiction. a very racist depiction of like a Chinese man as mm-hmm. well, yeah. and then a black guy. As we as we've said, we don't like black people in this game, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like these are the enemies of the state. These are people who are lower class and are trying to like take something from us. Yeah. The the one that um. There's a lot of racist depictions and uh, things oh, like yes. that. Slogans like um, there's a washroom for the colored and Irish. That's great. Yes. Um, there's slogans about like protecting our race, things like that. And then there's a depiction of um, John Wilkes Booth. Uh, it's painted uh, heroically yep. uh, having just slain a devilish looking Lincoln uh, because the emancipation proclamation presumably uh it's it's a hundred percent it's 150 percent laid on like yeah. this is a very very extreme culture that they developed up yeah here. and you do see black people throughout the game yeah mm-hmm. um but early on like when you're going through some of the i think it's still in battleship bay um the, the black people are the staff yes and they're trying mm-hmm. to keep out of the way and they have all these propaganda things like Hey, don't talk to guests unless they talk to you first. Yes. And always be very, very polite. It's like mind your betters and things exactly. Like that. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of that. And then um you go back around this like side corridor that you're just off the beaten path. And there's like a, a guy who's scrubbing the floor and you just walk by and he's like kind of like muttering something to himself about like how shitty this state of things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you walk by, he's like, oh, oh don't, don't mind me, sir. Just trying to. He says, just monkey shines. I remember that term. Because yes. I love the term monkey shines. <laughs> but it was really heartbreaking to see, like, a human being, yeah. you know, in mm-hmm. a game. Yeah. But just... a portrayal of a human being. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But essentially be like, oh, I need to realize my place so that i don't upset the status quo exactly because he didn't want to like have shit go down he want to get like beat up yeah and you were just a white person who was walking by therefore it was possible that you could do that to him exactly and get away with it because 
it's again it's very white centric yeah entirely stratified uh classes and that that continues um uh also speaking of sedition and rising up and things like that after elizabeth has knocked you out um on the the zeppelin uh this other group that you haven't previously encountered but you could see propaganda about them takes over the zeppelin called the vox populi um, voice of the people voice of the populace whatever and um they are led by daisy fitzroy who is the kind of anarchist front leader um who is this this not currently very violent but willing to use uh, aggressive means Malcolm X. yeah exactly uh, to claim uh equal standing um and she's like well it's kind of my zeppelin now but if you can get us guns from this like gun manufacturer or go talk to him um then we'll let you use the zeppelin you can leave whatever and so booker's just like i'm on a side quest goes down um eventually finds elizabeth who doesn't really particularly like him but uh, as she runs away eventually she's captured and he goes and and um rescues her from the state police um, and then they're, they're, they're reunited and they don't really particularly like each other, but she realizes that she needs Booker's ruthless methods to really, uh, really Friend get out of circumstance. there. Exactly. Um, and she does explicitly not let you die in a situation where she could before you regroup. Uh, he gets like knocked to the, uh, off of a platform by a handyman, which is like this game's big daddies. Um, and she summons a Zeppelin. She opens a tear to bring a Zeppelin through to catch Booker. We haven't talked about tears at all either. Well, we did. We did a little bit with the items. Talking about... Um, we, we, said, didn't go- we said tear. We said tear. So tear is capital T. Uh, Elizabeth uh, can see like weakened points in reality where she can alter reality by pulling things through. She um, modifies reality in some way. And it's heavily implied that she's reaching through to either like the real world or a different world or something like that, um, because some of the tears span time span. Like they're not from that period, um, but it's just something she could do. And she used to be better at it as a child, um, but uh, she's found herself more limited uh, as she grew up. Um, and so, yeah, she basically, they, they come through as like black and white staticky shapes and figures. Yeah. Um, but she saves Booker. They reconvene, uh, go complete the side quest for the Vox Populi, which includes like a lot of backtracking. And um, the important thing is eventually they jump from, they find a particularly large tear and she completely expands the tear rather than opening a small gap in reality mm-hmm. she covers them which puts them in this other world and shit only gets weirder from there yeah i really want to go into everything and spoil the whole game yeah but <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, we, we've got that hour we're approaching the hour look in, in dave's eyes and it's like we probably can't get but the thing is i've gone into like 10 minutes of things i wanted to talk about you know yeah. out of like uh so much it's it's honestly just a lot i would make multiple episodes on this but i don't think i have the patience to do it mm-hmm. nor do i think anybody has the patience to listen to a multi-part episode right on just one game so that's what we'll do <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to cut it there. You want to cut it there? All right. Well, yeah. uh, there's a lot more to the game. There's a lot of there revelations. Really uh, if you've never played it, I feel like it's a hearty recommend on the thumbs up or thumbs down scale. <laughs> um, it's a really freaking good game, and it gets ridiculously cheap on Steam. Um, because it's been yeah. out for six they years. They have like bundles of like the Bioshock series or like the uh, remastered pack, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a super solid game. I really enjoyed the gameplay, the story, everything about it. I'll always be a little bit nostalgic of. Right. There are some faults that I have with it, but they do not really take away from the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's all... just super good. It's like a more cinematic, more intense bioshock one yeah because mm-hmm. it's meant to be more like you have character dialogue yeah you have these action sequences on rails you have this like very intense music for combat etc everything's done very differently as far as tonal shift mm-hmm. but it is mm. it's inverted so like where bioshock one was in a isolationist isolation like confined kind of claustrophobic experience being under the sea uh, this is the opposite. Very open. There's always people uh, around you. You interact with a lot of people through the course of it, as opposed to just a few. Um, Elizabeth's almost always there. And uh, yeah, it's really freaking good and establishes important lore continuity. Oh my God. In the Bioshock franchise. Oh which my God. Somehow. We didn't even really get to spoiling, so if you haven't, if for some reason you listened this far and you haven't played the game, you could still play the game and get all the twists. And if you do that, and maybe you can tune in next week if we decide to do the DLC. <laughs> I don't know if I could dedicate an entire week to the DLC, but we'll see. We'll, maybe we'll we talk could about do it. other Bioshock things in the DLC. <laughs> we could do the second half of Bioshock <laughs> Infinite, <laughs> the DLC. <laughs> Oh man! Now we'll we'll figure out something, and you guys. I like how we make these plans at the end of the podcast. Right in the podcast, we didn't, we didn't pause and say like, "So what do you want to do next yeah, time?" Yeah. Like, we'll talk it out now. Yeah, but uh, in the the interest of letting people get back to their their day without us, because you know, I don't know why really, but if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. We are always happy to hear from you guys and we love getting ideas for new episodes. Um, we need ideas for new episodes. If this we did a week on Flash games, boys. <laughs> yeah. this Help is, us out. We have scraped the bottom off of the barrel. <laughs> we found another barrel below that and we've emptied the barrel. <laughs> um, but now we, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing this. Was that a threat? (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Yep, we'll see you in the next one.